When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field West. On Sunday night, the Packers evened up their record at 1-1 one one with a 27-10 triumph in primetime over the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field. We'll try to parse this one out, offense, defense, special teams, but I'll let you choose. Like, where do you where do you want to start? What do you think was the uh, was the key to victory here for Green Bay? Doing exactly what they needed to do against a team that I think on paper everybody agreed they were superior to. Uh, a little bit of a rough start coming out of the gate, no question about that. On both sides of the ball, trying to find their early rhythm, but man, oh man, once you got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon going in the backfield. The, the constant emphasis of that all week long, the Bears knowing that they're going to see a lot of those looks, and they couldn't do a gosh darn thing about it. Aaron Jones ran open, free, and was just overly dominant. Uh, when you look at you know 8.8 yards per carry, 132 rushing yards on just 15 carries. I mean, he was the guy that powered this thing, that gave them that jolt that they were looking for. And for the defense to come back after giving up a touchdown on the first series to force four consecutive three, uh, three and outs, I just felt like in terms of the whole gamut of things, Aaron Rodgers talked about need to play better, Matt LaFleur talked about need to play better. That second quarter, though, was as good as it gets. I mean, that's exactly was what the Packers are looking for, and it's the reason why they won this football game. Yeah, it was absolutely dominant football for a pretty extended stretch of this football game on the part of the Packers. The final numbers with regard to the two running backs, Jones and Dillon, 37 touches combining uh, carries and receptions, 237 yards between the rushing and the receiving yards. And we were talking about it in the press box, Wes. You know, we, uh, for those who don't know, Wes and I actually sit next to each other, much like this, in the press box even for closer. games. Even closer than this, yeah. And... Um, Jones' ability to make tacklers miss was on full display. I've seen the numbers anywhere from like 12 missed tackles to 14 missed tackles on the part of the Bears just against Aaron Jones in this game. The, the quickness of his feet, the elusiveness, and yet he's, got, he's not just a scat back, right? I mean, he's, he's got power. He's not easy to bring down, and, and I, I just think... What you saw on Sunday night was what makes Aaron Jones a special offensive weapon, however you want to get him the ball, whether you want to hand it to him, pitch it to him, 
push pass it to him on jet motion. He's a special player, and it's why he got the contract that he got from the Green Bay Packers. And if they can continue to utilize him this way, he's potentially going to have a special season. And what is getting to be really interesting about him is that he's having a special career. And so many times in the National Football League, Mike, you look at these guys, they'll pop up one year, they'll become a fantasy football darling, they'll be a 1,000-yard rusher, they'll have 10 touchdowns, and, and then they kind of go away. They, they shift back, you know, another running back emerges, and people go and they say, well, it's a dime a dozen position. Aaron Jones is not a dime of a dozen running back. No. He is the 1%, and he stayed on a steady incline throughout his entire career. I feel like this, this Aaron Jones at 27 years old is the best version we've seen yet. And my biggest impression these first two weeks that, that really hit home for me was this is what Aaron Jones looks like when he's healthy, and it looks like what he looks like when he's fresh. He's just explosive. And you talked about the missed tackles. You know how you know a back is having a special game? It's just one of those type of games when you don't even care about the missed tackles anymore because you know the first defender, he's going to make a miss. Right. And the thing that makes Jones dangerous is that there's so many different ways. Aaron Rodgers, after the game, was explaining it. The, you know Whether it's his stiff arms, whether it's his, his one-cut ability, all these different things that he, do, that he does that makes him difficult to bring down to the turf. And as I joked about an insider inbox this week, okay, and then you finally get him out. He's going to come off the field. <laughs> then you get a 250-pound man running north and south directly at you. I, I know Aaron or A.J. Dillon's stats aren't going to wow you the same way Aaron Jones wowed you, but his 18 carries, that, that is going to wear down a defense just as much. Yeah. The Packers need to run the football. They needed to get the ball in the hands of their backfield. They did it, and they controlled the game because of it. One last thought on Jones. He is already fourth on the Packers all-time rushing list. This is a franchise been in existence over 100 years, folks, and Aaron Jones... And ran the ball quite a bit of it. Yeah. Aaron Jones is already fourth on the all-time rushing list, and he is just, I, I want to say the number is right around 650 yards rushing yards at this point from climbing all the way to third, and if and when he gets there, the only two guys in franchise history with more rushing yards than Aaron Jones will be Jim Taylor and Amon Green. So... That tells you something about um, about where Aaron Jones is. A couple of other things to touch on with regard to the offense, though. Elton Jenkins was back from his ACL. Slightly just a couple of days less than 10 months from the injury, he's back, and he was starting at right tackle, actually only his for all of his versatility and whatnot. It was only his second career start at right tackle, but that's where Jenkins was on Sunday night. Also, Al Lazard was back from his ankle injury. Um, only had a couple catches, but one was for a touchdown. Certainly saw his blocking on the outside. Uh, the, the work of the goon, as Matt LaFleur likes to say, was on display. And we saw a pretty significant impact from Sammy Watkins in the passing game. And in particular, the play-action passing game. Whether you want to call it play-action or the RPO action, sometimes it's a little bit of both uh, with this offense. But Sammy Watkins was was making some things happen, and and really the uh, um, the final knockout blow, if you if you will, right after the goal line stand by the defense was the 55 yarder over the top off play action with the Packers deep in their own territory. That was Watkins. He ended up with 93 receiving yards on the night and a taste of uh, of what he can bring to the table here for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the the buy-in is probably what impresses me the most, and it's a story I'm actually working on as we speak uh, for Wednesday on Packers.com. Be sure to check that out. Yeah. 
is that this is a guy that was a five-star recruit at Clemson. It's a guy that was the number four overall pick in 2014, a guy that has won a Super Bowl. He's had a 1,000-yard season. And it, it, it hits me different when someone like that comes to a team, and certainly you wrote about it, did a great job over the offseason of writing about everything that Watkins feels he still has to prove, his back being against the wall this year. But he's not pressing for touches. He's not pressing for touchdowns. He just wants to play, and he wants to be part of a winning process. And if you follow the course of his career, the guy basically has won everywhere he's played. And, and now, you know, whether it is the 55-yard play-action pass, and that's awesome, helped put the game away, kind of showed the explosivity in Watkins still at 29 years old. But it's also what he was willing to do as a blocker. Mm-hmm. And as he even mentioned in the post-game locker room, he loves the run game, and he loves getting his hands dirty in that because not only does that help his teammates, but he can also see how that is going to end up leading to more play-action opportunities. He's going to understand how that's going to challenge a defense more. Sammy Watkins is not a you-rah-rah guy. He, he's not going to be the one in the locker room pointing all the attention to himself. Nine days out of ten, he's usually just sitting down pretty quiet in his little space, just kind of keeping to himself, maybe yeah. talking to a couple teammates. But he's not... He's not a boisterous individual, but as Matt LaFleur said, he has that kind of infectious smile and enthusiasm that I think people gravitate towards, and Rodgers talked about it after the game. They feel like they got a special person here now that also, I I think, for even though he's been in the league for eight years, still has a certain amount of untapped potential to his game. Yeah, and and just seeing him, he's, as we talked about, he's worked with big-time quarterbacks in the past. This is a guy, you know, he's played with Patrick Mahomes. Now he's here with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Everywhere Sammy Watkins has has been, he has been a factor. He has brought something to the table. It's always been a health issue. Knock on wood, Sammy Watkins can stay healthy and uh, and do what the Packers need him to do and and expect him to do and are counting on him to do throughout the course of the season. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. On the defensive side, Wes, you said it. Four straight three and outs. Um, I think the Bears' total yards over those four possessions was something like 13 yards. Uh, um, Bears took the uh, you know took the ball right away. Um, first possession drove all the way down and got a touchdown but after that the Packers defense stood tall and took 
command of this game, and it was, uh, for the most part, I think it was the two edge rushers, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, that uh, that grabbed a hold of this of this Bears offense and and didn't let them get going in the first half. Yeah, and, and every week we sit down and you know Wednesday and Thursday especially will you know the questions will get asked of an upcoming opponent to players in the locker room or an upcoming matchup. I don't know if I remember one being as transparent as what the Packers knew they had to do for Justin Fields and they executed it. Uh, they, they knew they were going to have to be careful rushing him, but they also knew they needed to be collapse the pocket. They knew. They had to be aggressive against him in or, because he's going to want to extend plays. They can't allow him to force their secondary to plaster as much. And I, I thought, starting off with Preston Smith, one of his best games in a Packers uniform. Because the thing that's interesting about Preston that I think just he doesn't get enough respect for is that he is a quintessential 3-4 outside linebacker. He is an all-around difference maker when he's playing his edge. Because he's not going to sell out every single time. He's going to stay home. He's going to make sure that he seals off his gaps if the run gets presented. But then when the opportunity presented itself to get after fields in this game, he made two very impactful sacks. Yep. He came one tackle shy of his career high, finishing with seven. And then on the other side of things, you saw Rashawn Gary. He got another sack, and his stats will say two. And everybody will talk about, oh, can Rashawn Gary get 17 sacks this season? But he also had that TFL for four yards. And Mike, I don't know where you come from, but whether it's a sack or a four-yard loss off a tackle from a run on David Montgomery, they both represent a loss of down and they both represent negative yardage. I have really been impressed by what I've seen Rashawn Gary early in this season because it's not just about what he's doing against the quarterback, it's how he's affecting everything around him. Yeah, I can't I can't say enough about uh, about that performance by Preston Smith and you said it. I think that might have been and he's he's had some good games. I believe that was Preston's fifth multi-sack game as a member of the Packers since he signed here in 2019, which is no small feat. But I think it might have been his best performance overall um, because of the discipline that he showed on a couple a couple of key moments when you're ta- talking about a running quarterback, a read option quarterback like Fields. And Preston did his, not only did his job on certain plays, but then made the play when it came to him and, and was in position to make that play because of the discipline he showed. Really, really like that. The Packers, the Packers run defense had had its issues uh, mostly in the fourth quarter. I mean, for the most part, it was on one drive. Mm-hmm. The, the Bears were down 24 to 10, took over deep in their own territory, and in a span of six plays, they ripped off four runs that I believe covered 80 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 14 yards, 11 yards, 28 and 27. So 80 yards on four runs within a, within a span of six snaps, and it wasn't a good look for the Packers defense. That was uh, um, that that was not good to see. I think it was a combination of a guy maybe being out of position here or there, not taking on a block properly, but then also a lot of missed tackles, and and that was uh, something where I I thought the Packers for Week One in Minnesota actually tackled pretty well. They did defensively. But uh, um, but the missed tackles were definitely an issue um, in week two against Chicago. When it came right down to it, though, after those 80 yards rushing, the Bears had first and goal in the 10-yard line, and they tried four runs 
Well, actually, the third third down was a pass, and Fields ended up scrambling. But four plays on the ground, two yards, two yards, five yards to the one. The touchdown reversed on the uh, on the replay, and then fourth and goal from the one. The Bears go for it, and the Packers get the stop. The run defense bowed up when it needed to there to keep the Packers ahead by two scores and uh, and allow the offense to salt it away. Well, let me start with the positives. That's an ode to Dom Capers. <laughs> uh, the, that stand was incredible uh, for a number of reasons. One, I felt like some of the things – now, you're defending less of the field, so it's always going to be a little bit favored towards the defense. But I liked how they played together as a unit, whether it was the defensive line filling their gaps or even a guy like you know Jair Alexander coming in and making sure to give that final push uh, so Fields doesn't give in. But then you also look at Quay Walker. You know, and Quay had some missed tackles in this game. It's going to be a learning process for him. But then you see him come over from the right side of the defense and close all the way over at the left side, at the sideline, preventing Justin Fields yeah, from scoring that touchdown. From getting that touchdown. Mike, I'm telling you. With his with his forty time, the way he plays that position, in years past, in a lot of years past, maybe not last year with Devondre Campbell, that that's probably a walk-in touchdown for the quarterback. Walker changes that facet of it. I thought the way they closed out this game, the Jair Alexander interception was phenomenal. The fact that they finished with forty-eight net passing yards, the Bears did incredible, twenty-two negative yards on sacks. And also the fact that the Bears only played 41 snaps of offense in this game. Yeah. That's sick. That's really crazy. Yeah, four straight, four straight three and outs. That's going to keep the play count down. There's no doubt about that. Now, as I wrote about, again, an insider inbox, which you can find, Packers.com, <laughs> this week's going to be about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Every national headline, every video package, everybody's going to be doing that, saying, hey, could this be the last time they're going to play each other? Yada, 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 yada. To me... This is going to come down to Leonard Fournette. If you watch the Bucks the last two weeks, it's kind of the Leonard Fournette show there. I look at this for the Packers as a good test against David Montgomery and Jai Herbert. Now you need or Khalil Herbert, excuse me. Jai Herbert's a UFC fighter. Yeah, there you, <laughs> you go. like that? But I look at this as a, a big test because the run defense, the issues there could not be placed on one single player, could not be placed on one single position group. It was the gaps getting too, too far open at the line of scrimmage. It was guys not collapsing enough on second contact. And it was Montgomery forcing missed tackles of guys at the second and third level. They got to clean that up. Because if you give Fournette those four or five-yard gains, that's where the Tom Brady 45-year-old quarterback show starts. Because he still has the chance to beat you deep. We'll see what his weapons look like in this game. But that's where everything is operational for the Bucks. The Packers, great performance, good win. You needed to get it, but now you got to learn some of those lessons now going up against Fournette. Yeah, well, the what I liked about what I liked the best about the goal line stand, and for those for those of you who like my what you might have missed piece on the website, I've got the uh, the entire four downs. Um, all the clips are there, along with some uh, some clips on offense with uh, with the blocking on some of the big plays with Aaron Jones. But with the goal line stand, it was interesting, Wes, because every single one of those plays, the four plays from the 10-yard line and in, involved a different member of the defensive front doing, you know, making the play. First down, it was Kenny Clark. Second down, it was Rashawn Gary and Dean Lowry. 
third down, you mentioned Quay Walker when uh, when Fields is scrambling. The video, to, to look at the clip of that play, it really puts, because you know Justin Fields can run. Yeah. And then you, when you actually look at the clip of that, that play from the end zone, you can see that uh, that Quay Walker is just as fast as Justin Fields. Um, and then on fourth down, what actually hasn't been talked about enough, because, and I take nothing away from Devondre Campbell getting that, getting, that hit at the goal line. Preston Smith was there with arms in there as well, and you mentioned Alexander kind of with that final push. The guy who's not getting enough credit for the fourth down play is Jaron Reed. Yeah. Because when you look at that, when you when you look at the details of that fourth and goal play, Jaron Reed takes Bears tight end Cole Komet and gets the leverage on him to shove him into the backfield right at the point of attack. Lucas Patrick, the right guard, is trying to pull over to the left side of the Bears' offense to lead Justin Fields through the hole. Reed shoves Komet into the backfield, and Patrick runs into his tight end, and it messed up the whole thing that the Bears were trying to do there because Reed won at the line of scrimmage against the tight end and uh, and then Lucas Patrick had nobody to block because he ran into his own guy yeah. so um it's really good stuff to take to take a look at those kinds of things on film it really gives you a sense of of where things where things are in the trenches getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Couple a couple thoughts uh, quickly on special teams. Um, Packers continuing to make strides in that area. I thought two guys... We, we talked last week about, about Pat O'Donnell and what he did, even with some leaky punt protection in front of him. He only had two punts in this game, but I thought once again, Pat O'Donnell showed he's going to be a very reliable, consistent, steady consistent. weapon um, for, for this Packers special teams. And the other guy that really jumped out to me, of course, was Dallin Levitt. Um, two tackles on kickoff coverage one of those was at the 15 yard line yes unfortunately he had a penalty on punt return on the punt return that Amari Rogers muffed so not a perfect performance by the Packers special team still plenty of things to work on but we're seeing progress in that area Wes and there is absolutely no question about it that the Packers won the field position battle in this game against the Bears and as much as the Packers getting the three and outs on defense certainly factored into that you have to give credit to the special teams for winning the field position battle. Rich Bisacci has had some comments this year, Mike, uh, and I feel like this is why he was a good interim coach. I think it's probably why he could have been a pretty good head coach if yeah. somebody gave him the opportunity because he has some memorable lines that stick with you. And if I'm just some dumb sports writer and they stick with me, I can't imagine what it does for his players. It was about a month ago where they were talking about the accountability on special teams. And he mentioned, you know, when you go in a huddle with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the hair on your back of your neck stands up a little bit. You yeah. understand the sense of urgency. And he equated that to how Dallin Levitt approaches special teams, we fence. Same type of leader, same type of guy that is demanding, you know, of, of guys to understand their assignments, be disciplined, and, and fulfill it. And watching that Skycam 
video. I know you got to see the all 22, but that Skycam video of him crashing down on one of those coverage tackles, just a will not be denied attitude. And I've tweeted this during the game and I really mean it. I I don't know what it meant. Maybe it only meant something to the special teams. I don't know, but down Levitt, Holds up his blocker. This is right after the Packers get, I believe, it was after their field goal. I'm trying to remember. Or whatever it was. But Levitt pushes his blocker in. It forces the returner to come inside. And Isaiah McDuffie makes the tackle. Yeah. Bears start the ball at the 20-yard line. McDuff, or I should say Levitt starts getting to a little bit of a post-play you know, play shoving match. And... It wasn't in a way that was malicious or, you know, it was going to result in a flag, but I just thought it showed the grittiness and the toughness. It almost reminded me of the old Lucas Patrick plays where Lucas wasn't going to stand for anybody's crap right after the play. <laughs> He's going to play. And it was right that after plenty. that yeah. where they start at the 20-yard line that Preston Smith gets the sack and everything starts to turn a little bit for the Packers' defense. Special teams can be a tone setter, and it can be something that when you back up a team inside their 20 – 21 was the average starting field position for the Bears in this game. The defense responds to that. Yeah. And I just felt like you, there was a, as you wrote about this week, as Rich, or Matt LaFleur talked about, there is a mentality brewing on special teams, and I think it's catching on. Yeah. You mentioned how it sort of carried over to the sack by Preston Smith early in the game, and then I believe it was the play right after the sack when uh, Rasul Douglas gets the, yes. uh, the tackle for loss on the wide Four receiver yards. screen. It, that, that was where the momentum, the momentum for the defense really, uh, really started to pick and up. It was, and the Packers were in control of the game at the line of scrimmage for quite a while. Yes, they were. Just to correct myself there, it was after Aaron Jones's touchdown. So the Packers had okay. just gone up 10 to seven. And then that's where the wind started really getting in their sails in the second quarter. Yeah. Couple of uh, bits of sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, looking around the NFL at week two, after two weeks... Um, as we sort of surmised, everyone in the NFC North is one and one. The uh, the Lions got their first win. The Vikings fell on the road at Philadelphia against the Eagles. So the entire NFC North is back to uh, back to square one. Everybody one and one with 15 games to go. Here's the stat of the week for you, though, Wes. You Hit ready me. for this? And I know we we're going to run out of time here. I'd love to actually spend more time talking about those comebacks by the Dolphins and, and by uh, um, the Cardinals yeah. against the Raiders. I mean, just a crazy, wild Sunday of NFL That's football. That's my fault. I got long-winded today. That's okay. I've, I've been a little long-winded today myself. Here's your stat of the week, though. After two weeks of NFL football, there are six teams that are 2-0. and Five of the six are on the Packers' upcoming schedule. And none of the five games is at Lambeau Field. So, as I say in uh, Insider Inbox for Wednesday morning, which I was working on before we came in here and turned the cameras on, <laughs> buckle up, my friend, because five of the six 2-0 teams are on the Packers' schedule. Not a one of them is at Lambeau Field. The only one that's not a true road game is London, where the 2-0 yep. Giants will, uh, will face 
the Packers at uh, at Tottenham Hotspur in a in a few weeks here. But uh, but yeah, and the first of these two and O games is this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. down at Raymond James. Yeah, it's going to be a tough stretch for Green Bay, and I mean certainly. We talked about it uh, from the beginning of the season. They didn't all have to get out to 2-0 and to know this, but a stretch where you have Tampa Bay, where you have you know, the, the New England Patriots at home, knowing what Bill Belichick is like and how his teams are coached, and then playing both the New York teams within seven days of each other, and one of those is abroad. Uh, this was going to be a gauntlet for them. That's why I felt like this game was so important, and it was that must not you have to have it, but it helps to have it because – I think it does give you a certain amount of momentum. Tampa Bay, it was not, I mean, in some regards, neither of these wins have been really beautiful in the traditional sense. No. Jameis Winston did them a lot of favors in this matchup. And at this time in which we're taping this, we don't know what Mike Evans' status is going to be as he's going through the appeals process with his suspension. But, you know, the Miami Dolphins look legit. Uh, Tua looks confident. Um, You know, the Buffalo Bills were dominant against you know the Tennessee Titans not that anybody nobody can win the Super Bowl in September but I think there's no question that the best looking team through two weeks of NFL football is the Buffalo Bills yeah. they look they look fantastic yeah and and certainly you look at what Jalen Hurts did against the Vikings and it, this is the reason why Mike everybody talks about it being a week-to-week league uh, because yep. things can change so quickly absolutely and for as dominant at times as the Vikings looked in that matchup against Green Bay in their own house, they looked completely out of sorts at Lincoln Financial Field. And Jalen to see, Hurt and I know it's, I know wrong. it's not, I know it's not Mike Zimmer anymore, but honestly, to see a Minnesota Vikings defense give up almost 350 yards in two quarters of football, I that just blew me away. I yeah. mean, the the fact that in, in some respects, the fact that. Uh, that the Eagles only had 24 points was uh, was kind of a minor miracle. Yeah, and and that, the the fact that the Vikings had as many chances as they had in the second half to get back into that game, um, but uh, but Philly's defense was up to the task every time Minnesota challenged yeah. them down there in the red zone. And bro, I'll be honest with you. Uh, after they made the field goal before halftime, I called it a night. I was like, all right, well, this is done. And then I wake up and it's the same exact score as it was when I stopped yeah. watching. So and and and, Minis- and Minnesota, the, the the Vikings had their the Vikings had their chances. There's no, uh, but but you're right. I mean, um, and, and we'll see because the Packers aren't going to play the Dolphins, of course, until Christmas. Buffalo is not until uh, close to Halloween. Philadelphia, the trip to Philadelphia is in between there. So. Um, it it all comes down to you know how everybody's playing at that moment right and and who's healthy and who's not and you know the whole when you play them thing is is definitely a factor but this week this week it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this is a Tampa Bay team that is 2 and 0 riding its defense right now um a defense that's only allowed 13 points yep. through two games 10 sacks six takeaways um on the defensive side and uh, and yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and zero, and Tom Brady and that offense—they um, haven't really found their footing yet, which is uh, which is kind of a scary thought. Yeah, and and certainly Brady, you know, it's been difficult for him. I mean, when you look at you know not being able to have your consistent weapons, the Godwin injury, and then now this thing with Evans. I mean, yeah. there, there's been a lot they've had to overcome. But I, I guess my biggest takeaway has been one. I mean, Levante David is just the ageless wonder. I mean, what they've done there. I mean, Carlton <laughs> no Davis, I think, is a is a cornerback that doesn't get enough respect. Antoine Winfield. The, the weapons that they have are legitimate. 
And I feel like the, the Bucks are going to be in this thing till the very bitter end because of it. But Leonard Fournette, man, again, like I said, that offense is different when he's rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about the Buccaneers on our next episode, but for now we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.